Welcome to In the Hot Seat with the Tenney Group. I'm Spencer Tenney. It's good to be with you. My next guest is a self-described gambler that bets on global talent. Please welcome DeMarco Thomas from Metromax and many other companies that we'll get in here in just a moment. DeMarco, welcome to Hot Seat. Spencer, pleasure to be on Hot Seat. Thank you for the invitation. Well, but before we heat things up, just give us a 30-second flyover of what you're working on right now, uh, just for this little context before we jump into our conversation. Uh, sure. So High Level uh, Metromax Group is our company. Um, we're a conglomerate of uh, a couple of different companies, uh, primarily on the asset side and services side. Uh, but our focus and our forward, uh, forward approach of what we're focusing on right now is definitely our BPO, business process outsourcing business, as well as the tech services associated with um, carriers, uh, brokerages, and factoring companies. I love it. I love it. So let's jump right in there. So BPO, business process outsourcing. So you and I have talked about this. This has been a huge, huge area of growth for, for your um, um, collective companies. So, so, so how did you get involved with outsourcing to the, the global talent field? Sure. So um, I got introduced to outsourcing via corporate America. I worked for NCR and Home Depot for a number of years. And my job was to go into a business unit and determine if that function was done efficiently in-house by us, or if some, if an outside party, uh, whether that's a company in the U.S. or a company abroad, can do that at a more efficient level. Uh, I did that for a number of years, and once I got into the transportation space through an investment, right, um, into the semi-truck business, and I started to scale that business, I noticed that some of the functions that I were doing, I wasn't as efficient, as effective I, I, as I could be, as probably another party. So I, uh, I, I reached out to corporate America. I uh, brought one of my one of my old peers into the business and became my partner in Metromax Group. And we traveled to Bangalore, India around April 2018, started with uh, a small office with three resources, and we trained them on transportation and logistics to support our business. Uh, but, but once we established that use case and we saw how valuable it was, uh, we started to offer that services to, to other transportation companies in our network, and, and we've just grown since then. Uh, sure. Uh, I would say number one is uh, dispatch, truck dispatch and track and trace management. Um, number two, I would say, is uh, accounting and invoice processing. Uh, number three uh, I would say is recruiting. So we do a lot of uh, driver recruiting and onboarding management for carriers, uh, which has been a hot item over the last two or three years, right? Uh, and, and so uh, those are the three growth areas right now for our BPO business. So let's talk about that recruiting because I think this is fascinating because, you know, when you start thinking about a potential solve for one of the most painful areas in a business right now in trucking logistics, you don't think necessarily – because it's such a human element, you, you, there might be a, some reluctance to outsource that particular function. So just to, to what have you experienced or what have your clients experienced in, from a cost standpoint? Like it's about efficiency. So, so what, what's different between what a typical client was doing and what they're now doing through an outsourced function? Uh, correct. So with, with outsourcing, you're, you're probably going to get, you know, uh, 
a third or a fourth of the cost of, of that position onshore, right, versus overseas. Uh, but it's not necessarily the cost component. It's the, it's, it's the time efficiency. Uh, number one, from a driver recruiting standpoint, drivers are driving mo the majority of the day, right? So it's kind of hard to get them to pull aside in order to update a resume or have an interview. And, and we can do that function in the evenings where they're readily available and, and they're off their uh, hours of service, right? So it's convenient to that, number one. Uh, number two, um, it's the software development component of it. You know, we've developed some some internal IP uh, where we can easily onboard drivers and sift them through a process of evaluation to determine, determine if that's the right driver for a said carrier. Uh, and number, I think what, number three would be, um, it's, it's, it's really around just SOP development. You, you'll be surprised how many transportation companies, you know, there's, there's bottlenecks because there's this one person who only knows how to do this one function. Like they, they manage the whole Indeed account by themselves. And if they're out, nothing moves, right? And so for us, it's establishing the SOP so that as an organization, everybody understand how the floor candidates work. And if there's a bottleneck, we can attack it quickly and, and keep pushing the candidate through the process. Because when it comes to recruiting, it's about timeliness, right? You know, guys want it to be seamless and, and efficient in terms of onboarding. And, and that's what we've been, we've, we've been really focused on. No, I love that. I think that that's such a practical element of helping these drivers execute when it's convenient for them. I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's that's really brilliant. So, so how does it work for those that have never outsourced to a global talent option? Like, tell us about the evolution for somebody who's never done it. Kind of puts their toe in the water, and now they're all about it. Like, what do they experience through that process? that gets them kind of bought into this business model? Well, the first thing a company should do is to identify their core competencies, the things that they're great at, right? The things that they're great at, they keep close to this, right? That's something you don't outsource. Um, but your weak areas, um, your weaknesses, and the things you know you can improve on, those are the functions you should look for someone else great to do, right? That's number one when it comes to outsourcing, identifying your weaknesses. Number two is, as you go through the process of being evaluated, uh, evaluating a function to outsource, uh, number one, you look at who on your team and, and who's on your team will be responsible for communication, right? Because you're, you're communicating with a, with a third party, so you need to establish a line of communication, whether that's, uh, whether that's vocally or that's digitally, um, using Microsoft Teams or Slack or, you know, whatever in-house tool you have and what that process will look like. And then thirdly, I mentioned it before, is going back to the standard operating procedures and building those standard operating procedures. And once you and the vendor lock off on those standard operating procedures, then it's pretty seamless from there because your outsourcing uh, vendor, they're just going to be utilizing your business or operating your business according to the SOP that you approved on. So if the SOP is wrong, then the, the end result is going to be wrong. But That's on you. <laughs> it's on you and it's on you <laughs> and, and you know that right and, and you know what corrective actions to take in order to improve it so uh, the guys I've seen fail when it comes to outsourcing certain functions it started with upfront you know garbage in garbage out right so you got to spend a lot of time upfront developing the processes to be delivered to be successful so, so who have you noticed are the best candidates to to leverage what like this 
this this platform from an outsourcing standpoint? Who, who's experiencing the most pain and why? And, and, and tell us about that. To me, it's the, it's the carriers. Um, you know, I, I would say carriers because that's the, who we primarily serve right now. Uh, but it's the small transportation companies that are under 1,000 units. You know, they, um, they, they've grown their company to a certain level. Um, some of it just through sheer will, right, in the, in the right contract, right? And you didn't necessarily have to, you know, focus on um, your margins because you was more focused on volume, right, and, and not efficiency. You were just trying to meet the demand. And now that demand is slowing down, especially uh, for some carriers, now is the time where you've got to focus on margins in order to still get the same kind of net income and provide the same kind of resources to your employees. So you got to look at you got to look at how to do certain functions efficiently. And um, I, I think a big step uh, in that direction is, uh, is, 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 as I mentioned, going back to looking at the things that you know you don't do well. There's no owner who can look at their company and say, we do everything 100% at a team, right? The things that are, you know, below a certain threshold of your comfort, then, uh, then, then you, you should consider outsourcing. It's, it's just simple as that. It's, it's not necessarily a, uh, who does outsourcing work for because you have, you know, multi-billion dollar companies that outsource and they do it for a reason. So if, if they're doing it, why wouldn't you as a, as a small, a small entrepreneur or a small carrier go down the same road? Because, you know, they, they've done the analysis to identify that it's, it's a good metric to do. You know, another way to say that DeMarco is if they're not doing it, why are you doing it? <laughs> In terms of like, if, if if they're if they're you know by design avoiding that activity, why are you still trying to do that if they've already decided it's inefficient? So um, I think that's great. So you know another area of your business or a different related business gets into the tech world. So tell us about that business because I'm very fascinated about what you've got going on in that area. Uh, sure. So uh, one product we rolled out is called uh, MetroBot, and uh, it does a lot of RPA and uh, OCR related services. So uh, a lot of factoring companies and carriers, they do a lot of manual processing of invoices. A lot of these invoices look the same way and are processed the same way. So, you know, we, we work with carriers and transportation related companies in order to develop the AI to, to automatically read these invoices and read this paperwork and, and automatically generate it through that system. Right. And so we've done a terrific job with implementations uh, over the last year. We, we just launched this about a year ago and we already got uh, over 50 clients on the books and, uh, you know, uh, working rail. And, and we feel that that's kind of where the future is going. Right. Uh, how to do things more efficiently and quicker. Right. Uh, in terms of because that, that affects cash flow. Right. If you can't uh, if you can't send your invoices in in a timely fashion, then you're, you're, you're hurting your cash flow. Uh, uh, it, it affects uh, or reduces human error, right? Anytime you're manually touching something, there's always the possibility of human error. So we believe these tools just, just offsets that and, and make you run more efficiently and profitably. One thing that I, I opened up and I, you know, we talked about you being a gambler. And, and so, you know, before we, we started the show offline, we were kind of talking about your background, about all these different companies that you've developed. And you basically shared like, hey, when I started having problems, you know, as part of my solution, I just basically started forming a business that I could solve knowing that everybody else was experiencing the same problem. So 
Not everybody thinks like that, DeMarco. So where does that kind of entrepreneurial mindset come from for you? To be honest, I'm unsure. So my family doesn't have an entrepreneur background. Um, father, mother, worked for the same company 20, 30 years in Alabama. Um, I think it, initially it came from frustration because I actually did try to outsource, right? those responsibilities to other vendors, but I never got the quality that I wanted or the the input into the process that I needed. And so I just started to create it myself. And and, and once I figured out I can do it myself, I, I just been on the run ever since, right? And you know, just like anything, if you're gonna bet on anybody, bet on yourself. And so I've just bet on myself the last four years and uh, I had a couple of great wins, a couple of losses too, but uh, the wins outweigh the losses. Yeah, nobody nobody sees the wins. They just think you're a genius the whole way through. <laughs> no, no, nobody no, nobody sees the things that don't make it. Um, no, no. Um, no, I just admire that because I mean, obviously that that's what makes the industry great. People have to take chances. They have to experiment. They have to try. And some are going to win, and some aren't. But um, what advice would you give to other folks that desire? to be an entrepreneur, desire to kind of step out and, and take a chance on a business idea? What, what advice would you give to them? Um, invest heavily in forming a great team. Uh, I think I have one of the best teams in the transportation and logistics space in the niche that we operate in. Um, and I spend a lot of time evaluating and recruiting them. There's no one on my team that um, that hasn't been placed in their position um, through a, a great vetting process. And that, in, you know, that included multiple interviews in person, learning about their family, their values, and making sure that they, they just align to the vision and the culture we want to create. Um, and, and as an entrepreneur, I think that's critical. Um, right now, to, to develop everything we've developed, I had to be forward looking, right? I had to focus on strategy. I had to focus on meeting people like yourself at ATA conferences and all the different associations, uh, you know, across the industry in, in order to build a business and build a client list. But the team allows me to do that, right? If I if I had a poor performing team, I'll be stuck in operations and uh, and we wouldn't be able to grow. And uh, and, and everybody suffers from, from that standpoint. So as an entrepreneur, um, before you're thinking about you know, as you develop the business plan, which is great, it's in black and white, so it's not really in action, develop the team that can put it in action. No, I think that is tremendous advice. And um, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, I was just, um, one of the things we do outside of this leading, leading um, mastermind groups. And so I was just a, a part of this. And it's like exactly what you just said, the, you know, tremendous ideas, tremendous strategy. But when it comes to execution, the, the, the most common theme that I hear is that we're just we just keep having hiring misses. We're not getting the right people. And, and it's because we don't know how. So I want to back up that thing that you just said. What what have, what have been some of those practice? You said multiple interviews and things like that. But can you unpack that a little bit? Because I think this is so critical because you know, the, the, there really isn't a whole lot of margin for error for entrepreneurs trying to get out. I mean, you made a couple misses on, on your people and, it, and, and you run out of gas pretty quick. So, so, so what, are, what are some of the things that you've noticed that have allowed you to identify and secure the right talent? I think that's probably the, the right terminology. So I would say uh, for, for the middle management level, uh, primarily, 
uh, the number one thing is we require them to submit a virtual interview. And, and, and Spencer, I'm giving out all my, my secrets right now. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> a virtual just interview. A, just, just a few, not, not every <laughs> one of them, just a few for, for, for our, our uh, valued guest here. Right. So I give out uh, a virtual interview. I have them submit a virtual interview. And in that virtual interview, we're asking, you know, five key uh, core competency um, questions related to our business and customers. Right. Um, and then um, if they, you know, submit a great virtual interview, we give them a problem. And it's a problem that we have. It's a problem to why we're, we're hiring for this position. Right. We give them the problem. And, and based on the solution they provide to the problem, um, they move to phase three. And phase three is, do we want to work with you every day for eight hours? Right? So we ask a couple of questions in terms of value, hobbies, you know, uh, background, um, to make sure that they jail well with the team. And, you know, those are our three phases. And, and we got a pretty good success rate with, the, with, with, that, with that kind of process. I, I love that. I think I really like that, giving them a problem. Um, I think that's a tremendous way to connect if, if, about fit. I think that's I think that's great. All right, so we're going to round it out. Little final question, uh, wild card here. So, if 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 everything, let me ask you this: um, inspirations, inspirational leaders. When you think about people that really stretch you, um, and, and and want you you know inspire you to go to that next level. Who is somebody, either in or out of the industry, um, writer, author, business leader, entrepreneur, somebody that just says, that's my guy, who would you say? I would say uh, out of the industry, definitely uh, someone like Steve Jobs, because he, he just challenges everybody around him and knows how to surround himself with, with experts. Um, in the industry, in terms of just diversification in businesses, and just being in my backyard, I would say uh, Kevin Nolan. Um, I've, I've watched what his team has developed with um, Nolan Transport and OTR and Marquee and all the other different functions they got over there. And uh, and he's you know he's done it from a, a serial entrepreneur standpoint at a, at a very high scale, and, and it's close to home. He's he's in Atlanta, and so I, I would say those two individuals uh, are the aspiration aspirational forces to, on my journey right now. Well, I think you got quite a few eyes on you right now, DeMarco, so I just want to encourage you. Keep doing your thing. Thank you so much for spending a little time with us here in the hot seat. That's going to do it for us here. We will see you next time.